The Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all the usual social media outlets. Do your bit to support us on Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Twitter, Twitch and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Give us a like, share, subscribe and join our flourishing community of not just wrestling fans, but gamers, podcasters, musicians and more. Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. everybody welcome to another episode of the untitled wrestling podcast it is thursday you know what that means it is your boy big tasty i'm here with aaron the statman suckliff how's it going aaron it's just thursday it is literally <laughs> there, there are 59 minutes of thursday left <laughs> and we are as always here with your aew dynamite review it is road rager we are in the city of heat the city of Latinos. We are in Miami. Well, we're not. We're, I'm in Liverpool. Aaron's in wherever the fuck he lives now. Um, <laughs> somewhere in Scotland. Welcome to Miami, baby. Welcome to Miami, as Will Smith would have us um, have us believe. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this was this was a fucking thing, wasn't it? A lot happened, but it didn't feel like a. Big show like they usually do. I said, I, said, I, said, I said we'd do this really quick. So Tommy N showed up. Ten out of ten, best time ever. <laughs> End podcast. Tommy N isn't real. <laughs> He's not a real person anymore. Well, before we before we um before we get into the exciting stuff, <laughs> I mean this before we we have to eat our vegetables in which we have to endure. Cody Rhodes versus Quality Television Marshall, QT Marshall. In a strap match, QT Marshall doesn't even get an entrance. <laughs> he gets the job again. Uh, job and entrance. Uh, Cody just has to be the one that starts the first non-dailies play show in front of a crowd. He's, he's got his. He's got entrance. his. He's got his homeland jacket back on. He, I'm pretty sure he's got like even more brightly coloured American gear <laughs> on too. He's like, put more flags on this. Put more flags on. <laughs> Give me another tattoo. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I mean, this match wasn't terrible. It, I, I think it kind of did what it had to do. Yeah, um, I, I mean, this puts the, this, no, definitely, this definitely puts the final nail in the factory, doesn't it? Like as a, as a I legitimate mean, stable, as a legitimate stable, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, what the fuck have they achieved in their six months of existence? Anthony Agogo, that's what they've achieved. Yeah, Anthony Agogo will come out of this looking. He will be fine. Everyone else is fucked. Coming out with a push, but but he got fucking he, he chased gold dust out of the arena like a dube. So you know it don't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So one thing to bear in mind towards the early part of this match, the lights go out for like only a few seconds. Nothing and happens. and well, no, because and like the, the commentators play it off as like, oh, you know, we're in Miami, they have thunderstorms here. I didn't even think, right, I, I know where you're going now, okay. I didn't even think about that, to be honest. That's what they said, they were like, oh, we're in Miami, sometimes yeah. there are like little blackouts because of like electrical interference, because thund- we're literally in the tropics, you know, it's it's literally next to Cuba, you know. Um, so that this is a, this is an old school South Beach, I'm doing the inverted comments, you can't see him, South Beach strap match, um, you have to touch all four corners, in, uninterrupted. Which is the stupidest stipulation in wrestling. I, I always remember, was it the John Cena Russo one in WWE where they had like fucking sirens on the corners and when he touched them, the fucking lights went on? <laughs> no, I don't remember this at all. It was, it was just after Cena buried Russo at Mania and like, they were still having that feud. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. US title. Um, so you get, um, I mean, there's, there's some really nice stuff in this. Like, I, I really did like the, 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 there's like a little, so you have to touch all four corners without being interrupted, so without someone doing a move to you or something like that. Uh, I really liked when um, when QT was like in control and he was touching them and Cody was going behind touching them as well, like behind him and QT didn't realise. And then yeah. like, Cody tried to jump him on the last one and like QT caught him. It happened a few times as well. It's old school strap match rules. Yeah. Uh, Marshall takes Cody to dick kick City with the strap. Yep, lots of dick kicks and people getting tied up and and then there's like Cody outside and he pulls Marshall into the ropes. A lot, a lot, a lot of decent uses of the strap. I mean, the last, the last sort of 
two guys tied together match we had in AW was Cody B. Brody for the TNT title. Um, I think you're forgetting about the pull rope match between Nick Cameron. That didn't that didn't exist, mate. No, no, that totally didn't happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there have been two matches, but guys have been stuck together in AW, and both of them have been all right. Like the the, the the Cody Brody one was awesome. Obviously, this one was not quite that standard. Obviously. Um, anyway, yeah. So this was this was fine at one point. Solo gets starts getting involved. Gold, um, Dustin comes out and batters him, and then him, <laughs> him, Nick, and Solo all sort of like spill out into the crowd and off they go. You know, they, they just disperse. Um, the fans are really hot for this. To be fair, like they hate Cutie Marshall. There's a massive Cutie Marshall sucks chant like halfway through the match, um, and Cody wins by giving him three crossroads and then touching all four corners. Yeah, uh, he gets whipped numerous times by QT to get himself going. And, uh, yeah, Cody, co- kinky dad Cody Rhodes kinks uh, up and then just fucking crossroads QT like six times and then wins. I'm so. immune to Cody now. I, I, I'm used to it now. It's not... it, does kind of, it does kind of prove the point, though, that he works a lot better when it's a hot crowd than like, yeah. a big live venue. That, that's all it is. You, he needs a crowd and it works for him. I think you need to be a part of the crowd to be a yeah. I think I think well. we've all, because we've sat through like 18 months of Cody in an empty arena, we're all kind of like a bit desensitised to it now. Yeah. But I think when you see him in front of a crowd, like, oh shit, yeah, people actually, people actually really like him. You know, it's it's easy to get a bit bored of him when he's on telly in an empty arena trying to pretend he's at the Super Bowl. But when he's in, when he's in front of like, you know, 10,000 fans, it, it, it's a bit different. It works, yeah. Uh, just a little quick note. Uh, apparently the reason this match started the show was because before Dynamite, uh, QT Marshall... Um, disparaged. He was like shooting on Miami and being a prick. And then, so as a punishment, Tony Tony Khan rescheduled the match so that he would open the show. Oh, I, was that said in this match? No, this... I don't think it was explicitly stated on the show, but oh. it was just it's just a little bit of fluff that's come out. Um, okay, right. Yeah. And so next up, arses, basically. Next up, we've got a little a little quick John Spears promo, which I like. This I thought you know he looked he looked pretty menacing here, and he made I think he made some good points. He, he saw talking about how. Um, He's always one step ahead. Sammy's ego is his problem. He said it was his second favorite chair shot that he's thrown in AW when he knocked Sammy out. I mean, obviously we all know what number one is. We, we know what number one is. The one that got the I prop know. guy. The one that got the prop guy legit fired. <laughs> the one that we all wish could happen again. Hi. Um, so yeah, Sammy Guerrero runs in, lamps a chair at his face, um, then like sits on it and like, like, you know, over the over the over the seat, like the wrong way around, and it's, yeah. sort of like gloats like, over him and tells him this is far from over. So it turns out that not not quite content with with going after MJF, Sammy's also still in a, in a program with Sean Spears. He's, he's went down a peg to Sean Spears. Yeah, he's, he's doubling down. He's like, well, I couldn't quite beat MJF, so I know, I know I can batter Sean Spears, so I'll just drop down and batter him. A bit. It's, it's <laughs> Everyone <fine>. can, so it's <laughs> fine. Next up, we had a, sort of like a. It was in in some ways a repeat, but in some ways an evolution of the segment we had last week. So um, Tony Schiavone introduces Kenny Omega and Don Callis. I love how I love the like the sort of dis t- the tone of his voice when he introduced Don Callis. It was like Kenny Omega and Don Callis. Yeah, like uh, they're really getting over the fact that everyone fucking hates him because he's a dickhead. I I really like this segment. Even before like people started coming out, just the fans made it mm. so much better. It made well. so much. It made, I mean, I can see why they did it again because I'm and, and why they did like the, the version of what they did because like having like you say, like massive chance of you got fired for Don Callis. Um, obviously, all off the cuff, just Callis going, "Real men don't quit; they get fired." Yeah, it's like oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's very similar to last week's promo. They're talking about how like Kenny's beaten everybody. There's nobody left. He's gonna, you know, go somewhere else and, and, and find these new opponents. And then, um, to be fair, before anyone even comes out, there's a deafening chance of we want Hangman. Yeah, cowboy shit. Yeah, cowboy Hangman. shit. Jim Ross refers to cowboy shiznits. Shiznit, aye. Yeah, <laughs> that second week in a row that's been said by Jr. Are the commentators not allowed to swear? Is that what it is? Oh, I I don't know. <laughs> Commentary say a few weird things tonight, and they'll be um, getting cut. So as 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 is the case of as is the case of um, last week. I really like the Dark Order's music when it interrupts someone because it yes. starts it starts with that, like hum, and it just and it just it's just really cool. It, it just it just cuts people off really well. I think um, so. Dark Order's music hits and they come out and once again, Evil Uno has the mic. And Evil Uno is really good on the mic, man. Like, yeah. really good. Like, better than he has any right to be for someone with his experience. Yeah. 
he's not a top guy either. He's no. not. He's, not he's, never, been a, he's never been in a main program. He's an indie yeah. guy. He used to fucking dress as one of the Smash Brothers in Chikara. And now he's like fucking in the ring with PWI best wrestler of all time, Kenny Omega, cutting promos with him. <laughs> you know, what? What if, if nothing else, you know, what the fuck? You know, you talk, I said this last week, if you told me a year ago, this is what we were going to say, Evil Uno trading promos with Kenny Omega and holding his own. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so obviously they so this this time they, they directly reference um, you know actually says to Kenny why to Kenny why are you afraid of my friend obviously yeah. the Richard Hangman um, and then I love this <laughs> Kenny yeah. asks Kenny asks Evoluna what's the capital of Thailand kind of old school fucking tactic it's like that's what to do to you in school this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then while Uno's thinking as he's about to answer Kenny goes hoofs him square in the bollocks. Uno doesn't even answer. He just goes, "Playing trivia, are we?" Okay. Yeah, and then Kenny just <laughs> literally hoops him in the dick like as oh. hard as he can. Uno literally just collapses like a like a fallen house of cards, and then Kenny screams, "It's Bangkok, baby!" <laughs> it's such an arsehole. It's such a great, such a great shit house heel thing to do. <laughs> And then there's like a big brawl. There's a dark order running in. Uh, Stu Grayson actually gets a fair few licks on Kenny. They, 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 I thought that was quite interesting. They positioned Stu and Kenny together, which Stu is widely regarded as like the most, the best wrestler. Technical, yeah, the technical yeah. one. So yeah. if that's a match we're going to get down the line, I'm, I wouldn't be adverse to seeing that. I mean, if they are slow building it or we're starting to get a build up of this match, um, I, I think he's going to be fighting a few of the dark order anyway. Yeah. So why not? So, so anyway, so the, 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 the Good Brothers and Nakazawa come in and they sort of clean the ring out. Um, Kenny's standing tall and then Hangman's music hits and oh my absolute God. The noise from this crowd. And all he does is he, he comes down to the ring, he gets to the ring, he sort of, he sort of throws um, Gamerson and he sort of closes and Gamerson out of the ring and then he, he actually closes on his gallows, he goes over the top with him and then he gets back up onto the apron and he's in the bookshop position, and Kenny's in the middle of the ring. He just turned around and... And this is, I didn't realise until just now, this is a throwback to when they were a tag team, remember? And it looked like Hangman was going to turn on him. Yeah. And he was, it looked like he was going to bookshop them after one of the matches. It's so good. And like, just, like, just a look, like, like you could, I didn't think you could tell so much story with like just people's facial expressions. Like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't get on the mic with each other. They didn't say anything to each other. They just looked at each other for about fifteen seconds, and that just told. That was like that was like better than a page of dialogue. You, you don't need to say anything. The story's already there. It has been for a year. Yeah. <laughs> and then Anderson yeah. sort of makes a distraction, and as just Ken, you get the feeling Hangman's about to um, about to bookshot him. That's like what they're sort of the, the teasing with the tension. Anderson distracts him, and then Kenny just bails out the ring with his belt and, and doesn't yeah. run. And Jesus Christ, like yeah, I say this was this this segment was worth doing the way they did it again this week, just to have the crowd pop and have Hangman uh, come out. Yeah, just the fact we got Hangman actually coming out this time was the step up that we needed. So yeah. Uh, so next up, we had a quick interview with Jim Ross. They like, they made this seem like a big deal, and it actually felt kind of throwaway when they did it. It didn't seem to. It was a bit sort of fluffy on it, wasn't it? it, didn't really, it yeah. Much. It, there was one thing I liked. So this was this was Darby Allen and Ethan Page having an interview ahead of their, at, at some point, coffee match that's happening eventually. Yeah, next week. Well, they announce next it. Week. They announce it at this in this interview that it's happening next week. So that's like, that's yeah. like the crux of the interview. They get to announce that. Um, I really like the line from Darby, and he was saying about like when they feuded in the Indies and how. Darby's first year as a wrestler was Ethan Page's twelfth year as a wrestler, and like that's what Eth Page up was that Darby was as good, was uh, as good or better in his first year than now. Page was in his twelfth yeah. year. Um, and he, and he, he he cuts a little barb about saying like Page decided to get married and have kids, and that held him back, whereas Darby committed himself one hundred percent to becoming a pro wrestler. Yeah, I mean, it's one way or the other. Like that is genuinely how wrestling works. Yeah. Even though they make a storyline out of it, that's genuinely what's probably happened. <laughs> and so this, I mean, I said it was kind of fluffy at the start. I mean, it didn't really, it didn't really cut anywhere deep. I mean, there was nice, there was some nice little fleshy out character bits from both guys. They, they, they tried to make it all serious about ending each other's career and stuff. And JR, it feels it weird. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like was JR trying to act all disgusted by it. Like JR yeah. literally is famous for commenting on mankind falling off a hell in a cell. You know, I, I, I refuse to believe that he finds Darby and Page from each of his careers to be that offensive. 
<laughs> He's got the warning for it this time. That's what it is. He didn't have the warning at hell in this time. <laughs> See, I, I think. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like bagging on Jr. here, but I just thought the way he presented it was a bit weird, a little bit odd, and it didn't really. It didn't really do any favors, but the, the the two guys themselves, I thought, you know, they they did very good work within the interview. Yeah, no, I just wasn't feeling it to be honest at all. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to the match. I think the match will be really good. Well, yeah, the match will be like ridiculous. This just you that the, said that indie matches were really good. Yeah, Jay's a big Jay was a big fan of the indie matches. Yeah, Jay, um, yeah. ended up with Dar- um, Darby getting hit in the arm with a shovel and it broke his arm. So yeah. yeah. We've got that to look forward to. How are they going to top that? I mean, he's already thrown down a flight of stairs. What's he going to do to him next? Just break his arm in a shovel again. <laughs> we'll have it on like mainstream TV this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next up, we got a bit of a, a match I totally forgot was happening on the show. And then as soon as it was, as soon as it started going out, I was like, oh shit, yeah, I was actually really looking forward to this. So this was a six man tag match. This was Santana, Ortiz, and Jake Hager, accompanied by Conan versus FTR and Wardlow, accompanied by Tully Blanchard. Uh, six-man tag match, and again, I thought this match was was fine. It, it, it did think it did the right thing. It, it held a lot back, which I, I think, just... as they're sort of slow, they do. I think they're doing a really good job of slow rolling the FTR proud and powerful feud. Yeah, just them two teams alone. Yeah, but I just not. I could do without maybe. I mean, I don't want to bag on anyone, but I could do without Jake Hager specifically. Well, well, funny you say that. He gets a hot tag in this match and there's no noise from the crowd. It's a tag so cool that if it was rice you'd be scared to eat it. <laughs> it was bad. Just no noise from the crowd. What a shame. But Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I don't think Hager was actually bad in this match. Uh, this was probably the best I've seen him wrestle in AEW. It's just he's in a group with Jericho, Proud and Powerball and Sammy Guevara. Yeah. And he, Jake Hager should never be a face. I'm sorry. No, no, no. He is. He is for sure a heel. I yeah. feel. I feel filthy cheering for him. <laughs> I don't cheer for him. <laughs> <laughs> Just mentally, like, because obviously I love Proud and I love Santana Ortiz. They are my favourites. And um, when, and like, when like Santana's crawling across the ring and he makes the, ta- the hot tag to Jake Hager, you kind of you, you your stomach does a little. The bottom of your stomach drops out. Oh. And you think, oh no. Yeah. I uh, don't want that. Uh, it would be good if Hager had done a decent hot tie, but he, it wasn't good. It was yeah. Anyway, right. the, the match was fine, and um, FTR hit the pig rig for the win, which was always fun. Always good to see uh, the pig rig. At one point, uh, close to the start of the match as well, FTR tried to get, uh, they ring the bell themselves, trying to claim a DQ. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, like that. Absolute filth. Um, so yeah, and then after the match was kind of weird, so Conan just runs in. Who's meant to be the face and just for no reason attacks Hager, uh, attacks Wardlow. Sorry, yeah, it's I, I, the thing is, I think it's just to say that Wardlow is just a big cunt to be honest. Yeah, because he hits him with like a, a loaded sock, doesn't he? And he just bounces yeah. off him basically. And then, yeah. um, Tully just annihilates him from behind. It's good, sure. to see, good to see Tully still moving, man. You know, he's uh, yeah, he's what 74? 74? Maybe I don't know. I, I'm sure it was brought up at one point. He was 74. Yeah, so that's fine. And then, um, yeah. and then that's it. They just leave. Basically, they just drop code and they just walk out. They're like, oh, you ain't a threat. And they just leave and like leave in the middle of the ring. Fun little thing Jr. says during the match. Um, one of the great budding rivalries for years to come. We're talking about Jake Hager versus Wardlow here. <laughs> I love when he, he talks about like Conan's influence on like. Latin wrestlers, and he, he he doesn't know the words. Like he's talking about how Conan's like a father to like modern luchadors and like Latin wrestlers, and he's you can tell he's like he's literally been told what to say, and he's written it down because he yeah. doesn't know anything. About, he doesn't know anything about like me, like Latin American wrestling. He he's like the guy that all Latin American wrestlers talk to. Yeah, but Jr's Jr's like navigating this. Like it's like the first time. I don't know, your dad like learns about some sort of new form of diversity and he's trying to like tiptoe around it. <laughs> and it's just like, Jesus Christ, yeah, just 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 fucking come out and say it. Please, please. <laughs> I'll be uh, so yeah, I mean the match with the match itself was fine. Um it was it was fun. It was it didn't go too long, it didn't ever stay as welcome. 
Um, and I hope you like some. I hope you like your inner circle v pinnacle action because you're getting some more right up coming next. Well, first of all, actually, first of all, you get a really good uh, promo from Carl Anderson. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. like with a great package as well to come along with it. Don't you talk about yeah. Colin? This is a great package, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I basically just uh, run off a match that we're getting night one. So, yeah, next week we're getting John Moxley defending the IWGP US title against Colin Anderson. Colin Anderson claiming about how the, um, Kenny Omega was the first champion, how now Moxley dishonors the belt by holding it, and how you know he's returned to New Japan. And that's where the Bullet Club were born, they were formed. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's just a really cool, like a really threatening promo. Like really men. I mean, Carl Anderson, it was a bit, a bit of a joke. It seemed like a really big deal. Yeah. Uh, I, and I remember like Carl Anderson was known for his really good promo skills back when he was in New Japan. Yeah. Like they bring up, he, he brings up the machine gun gimmick, which is fair enough. But I never realized how big it was. Like when he's like apron powerbombing AJ Styles. And oh God, yeah. Fighting Okada and. Like just on his own, like holy fuck! <laughs> it's, it's easy to forget that you got you obviously because he spent the last like four years of his character being absolutely ruined. You know he was actually like legitimately over back, back in the day. Yeah, it's just weird to see. But um, so yeah, so MGF comes out to the ring next. Um, we have MGF and Jericho is face to face where they're going to talk about what Jericho must do in order to earn his rematch with MGF. Um, as um, as Jericho's making the entrance. A fan tries to get in the ring and attack MGF, and so he gets a bit of a uh, he gets a bit of a pounding off Jericho. Uh, well, after the pounding, MGF goes, "It's not about you, pathetic trash fans." <laughs> and then at some point, Jericho says that yeah, he should have let that fat ass fan beat him. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is quite nice. Uh, the the crowd chant, "Why uh, did and Jericho just shuts it down?" Yeah, why did yeah. died years ago? Shut the fuck up. I mean, that was like literally <laughs> 21 years ago, mate. That was like uh, genuinely what. <laughs> um, I love like so Jericho says that he's not going to back down. He accept any stipulation he suggests. He'll stand in front of a truck. He'll swim with piranhas. He'll even have sex with MGF's mother again. Again. <laughs> Which I like that. Jericho, Jericho still got it, man. He can still cut a promo. As I say, that's the issue with the inner circle. You've got Jericho, who's amazing on the mic. Yes, he's getting on a bit. Proud and powerful, one of the best tag teams in the division. Uh, Sammy Guevara, up and comer. Naf on the mic, but hopefully improves. And then Jake Hager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then so MGF makes a really good point. So he talks about how when Jericho was feuding with John Moxley, he, he set Moxley all these sort of stipulations before he could have a match with him. And he says that um, he's basically just going to, it's karma, karma's a bitch, and now he's going to make Jericho go jump through all the same hoops that he made Moxley jump through. Which is fair. I yeah. I agree with that. Um, and then he said um, he said that he's a big fan of Greek mythology, and it's interesting that um, Chris Jericho calls himself a demigod. Obviously, to play on the word demigod, which is a Greek word, a Greek Greek um, sort of word. And he said it's um, he said Jericho is no longer in the key demo. Yeah, like you bud. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Um, and he said so. He's going to have to win against each member of the. Pinnacle back to back to back to back and four different stipulations, four different stipulations. So, like he said, obviously, his favorite Greek um, story is the trials of Hercules. So, he's gonna set his own trials of Jericho and he has to win, he has to to conquer all of them, otherwise, he doesn't get the match that he wants. And Jericho said, This is interesting. Jericho said, if he can't beat the Pinnacle and MJF, then maybe he doesn't deserve to be an AW anymore. Is this Jericho going off to do Fozzie? Well, that's, they're doing a tour of the UK, aren't they? Oh, yeah, she's, right. he's playing chess to me. I might go. Yeah. Uh, that's a shout, actually. He genuinely might make that a thing, then. So Jericho, si- Jericho signs the contract and like sort of lashes it at MGF, like dead angry. And then they go for a handshake. Uh, MGF insists that they seal it with a handshake. As MGF goes to leave, Jericho refuses to let go. And he pulls him back in and gives him a Judas effect. And, uh, and Judas effect is a strong statement. Yeah. Well, MGF is legitimately it, it legitimately kills MGF. He's flat out on the floor, not moving with his eyes open. So you know, uh, it was a bit rougher in the edges. But... <laughs> <laughs> he hits him with part of his arm slash shoulder as he turns <laughs> yes, around. That's better. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, so there we go. So we're going to have. I mean, I'm quite into the idea of Jericho having to run the gauntlet. It might just revitalize him a little bit. It might just sort of freshen him up. You know. Be- it might revitalize babyface Jericho. Yeah. 
because he sort of needs it. He needs something to spark it up a bit. Next up, if you like, if you like straight shooting. Oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, Britt Baker being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Uh, Rebels there as well with a new crutch. Obviously, she unfortunately legitimately injured her knee in last week's match um, and I loved this I loved this little promo there was so much there was so much fire in it this was like this was I don't want to say it was CM Punk like level but it was definitely CM Punk style yeah it's a, yeah I know what you're meaning definitely um, so basically they said um, she had to have this pointless match last week that nobody wanted to see in No Lies Detected um, with Nyla Rose who's a dangerous society and Vicky Guerrero who's a senior citizen obviously they won but uh, Rebel ended up injured, of unsafe working conditions, and he exploded. And then she said Tony Khan should feel terrible because he made the match so that Vicky Guerrero would bring in Andrade. And that was like the favor that he did. And that's that was how she requested in reward. Um, and then she said, to, to, she said, enjoy your blood money, meaning obviously the, the money that Andrade will make for AW that he obviously bartered. Uh, and then said, maybe next week AW can run in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> as, as bad. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute shooter, Britt Baker. Oh, when this came out, like, I got no spoilers all day, and that said, I was like, what the actual fuck have I just heard? <laughs> so, yeah, she says that now we in two weeks' time, Fight First Night 2. Nyla Rose is going to challenge her for the title. Not only will she send her back to the back of the line, she'll send her back to obscurity. They call Dallas the Big D. When she wins, they'll be calling it the Big DMD. And Tony does Wee. it as well with her. Um, there's a really cool picture that she put on Twitter as well of her and Tony like doing like in a bar, doing like the, the crossed over arms, drinking like margaritas, which is quite cool. Uh, they, I think they genuinely are like best. <laughs> yeah, they, they seem to they <laughs> genuinely have a, a, a warm and like loving friendship, which is incredible. <laughs> so yeah, decent promo. I, I, I liked it. I, 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 like, I even like the little bit of sh- the little shots. I mean, if you don't want to get dinged, don't run. Uh, events in Saudi Arabia, you know, it's kind of one of them. It, it, it's kind of how it works, yeah. Just don't do it. But... Um, okay, so we'll move on uh, to an, a highly anticipated match. We had Andrade El Idolo, accompanied by Vicky Guerrero, which I didn't think would um, would, would stick as long as it has, but whatever. Uh, and he was going against Matadel. So this is the match that was teased last week when Matadel, they interrupted Matadel's entrance, and then he re-interrupted them. Uh, sort of set this up. Matadel um, makes his entrance first. And then, oh Jesus Christ, Andrade's entrance. What was his music meant to be? I didn't quite get it. I don't know. I kind of liked it. I, I couldn't quite hear it really perfectly. No, but I, I think it was quite quiet. Um, but he come out like with the full like La Sombra get up. He had the school mask on. Yeah. He had the black gloves. He had the suit. He took the gloves. He had, he had like a, a, an assistant by his side. And he took the mask off. He took his shirt off, his tie off, his suit jacket. He took his gloves off. Jesus Christ! I think, I think my, my my like my unconditional love for Andrade meter like sort of hit like the the, the top, and like you know in cartoons when it's really hot and like the thermometer explodes. It just breaks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, I, I've said this a number of times. I am probably about as straight as they come, but Jesus Christ, Andrade makes me think funny things. I just, uh, I, I wasn't really that keen on him at WWE. But look at him, man. He looks like sex on legs. Uh, he does. I'll, I'll give him it. <laughs> that, that's why the biggest women in WWE's fucking roster wanted him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, so him and Andrade get into this match. Uh, him and Sadog get into this match, sorry, uh, after Andrade is stripped down to basically a pinstripe pair of trousers and his shiny ass boots. Just casually keeps his suit trousers on for yeah. fighting, you know? It's cool. Um, yeah, decent, really good match, I thought. Um, I, I wasn't into this at all. I no. don't know what it was. I I, I really there really was a few this. there was a few spots. I'll get them. But I liked the uh, I liked the meteora from Sethel. Um, I liked all the little kicks they did. The little, sort, of the, sort of chain wrestling bits. Um, there was the bit where there was that spot that you don't see so often nowadays, where like the guy. The heat the, the guy gets like elevated up in the in the corner and he just gets super kicked in the face. Yeah. Aye, that yeah, was yeah. that was nice. Uh Andrade wins with a 
Uh, he, he sort of like uses both of his, his WWE finishes. So he hits the double running knee, which he uses to put away. He used to put away Johnny Gargano in that classic match. Yeah. Um, but he hits it to like the back of his head. So he hit like the double running knee into the into the turmoil on the back of um Tenno's head, and then he hits him with sort of like a a hammerlock facebuster. Yeah. So right. his finish, finish, which one of his finishes in WWE obviously was the hammerlock DDT, but this is more like he puts him in like a an STF. Um, sort of position and then hammer locks him and then just drops him down, which yeah, looked really cool. Got no problem with this at all. Um, a really nice line of commentary from JR in this match actually. He talks about um, obviously the pressure on how, how huge a win it would be for Seth to win this because Andrade is a huge free agent coming in. A win, um, a win would help a lot for that young man who is 38 years old. This is the man who li- we literally discussed last week as being a 20 year veteran. Yeah, <laughs> that was your specific line. <laughs> but I also like to talk about, like, as his, his father used to say, you can't win them all if you don't win the first one. Yeah, right. which, which was quite nice. Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, and yeah, so Andrade wins after the match. He sort of like locks him in a submission with his belt and sort of like wrenches on his neck a bit and wraps his arms together and stuff. Uh, looked a bit nasty. Obviously, you can get over the fact that he's a bit of a bit of a. So, oh, one thing I will say as well. Um, there was a really nice moment in the match where he had. Um, he gave Matt Sardella a suplex, a vertical suplex, and then he pointed up to the sky and then yeah. hit, the th- hit the three amigos, like, perfectly. And then uh, he went out to the apron and did, like, the Lady Guerrero, like, shimmy, which was really cool. He, he went to do the frog splash, and he was like, nah, I'll yeah. do it when but I want to do but it. Well, I like it, because obviously Andrade's a massive Eddie Guerrero mark. And yeah. Obviously, that's why he, he requested to be to be paired with Vicky Guerrero as well. Um, Vicky Guerrero, Vicky, to be fair, Vicky, Vicky seemed like she was really enjoying it as well. She, she seemed to get a real kick out of it, which was nice. And, yeah. and then and there was a nice heady chance from the crowd as well, which was great. As long as it keeps Vicky Guerrero out of the ring, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, these, a fun flow match. It was, a, I think, it was a nice, a nice sort of bedding in for Andrade and Toy I thought it was, it was a good opponent for him to have his first match with, and I thought they, they, they did pretty well. Um, next up, we had a little reminder that next week we're going to have Christian versus Matt Hardy, and I like this a uh, little video package. Um, and, and Christian made a good point. He said that basically whenever they whenever they feud, Christian's always on the winning side, and Hardy can't stand it. Um, Hardy said that obviously again, again, very good point. Wherever he goes, Christian ends up following him. Yeah, <laughs> which again is a fair point. Um, and then um, was this a, was this a knock on Vince McMahon? Christian said he was taught not to trust anyone. Any rich men with ill-fitting suits? Oh, well, when Christian first started, did they not want to put like a green dot on his face or something? Or possibly yeah. with a green dot on TV? Something stupid like that. Something about a dot on his face. I, I liked, I liked his like his final little sign off, and he, he basically told Mahali to get on his level or get out of his way. Yeah, uh, fair. Which was, which was quite nice. It, it made him. He seemed to like, obviously he's been a bit more. Obviously, the whole jungle boy stuff. He's been a bit more like sort of friendly dad sort of vibes, but he, he, he seemed a bit more fired up in this in this promo, which was quite nice. It's the fact we're getting Christian versus Matt Hardy next week. Now, no it'll offense. be fine. It'll I'm, be fine. I'm not looking forward to. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we, we should uh, we can move on from that because it's time to talk about the real reason we're here. Um, I am talking, of course, about Arn Anderson's promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which seemed really Fire. weird. Like it seems like a weird, like random promo to be cutting. And like I, I, this, this, I, this, this caught me like completely by surprise. Uh, I knew something was potentially happening, and obviously there was that big video on. Did you see the video on Instagram that came out earlier today? I, I see. I seen it after I seen it. Right. Um. So yeah. So I, I start off on Anderson's cutting like a face promo, saying like, it's great to be out in Miami. He's missed crowds and all this. And then for the second time, the lights cut out. And it's for a lot longer this time. And the, the commentators are still on. They're, they're saying again, oh, you know, they apologise, saying there's been bad weather in the area and it could just be electrical interference. They were both on Cody, sort of. Yeah. Ah, but right, I'm with you. Uh, and then me. the lights come back on and there in the corner of the ring is Tommy End. AKA or is it? <laughs> Alice, is it? Well, we don't know. It's Alistair Black, the former Alistair Black, who escaped from an asylum after five years of incarceration earlier that day, if you call into his Instagram. Um, he's referring to himself as Malachi Black. That's his new persona. That's his new that's the, who the voice is telling him to be. Uh he basically 
black masses the soul of Arn Anderson's body. Yeah. <laughs> Arn right. Anderson, like, he goes limp and like the mic just spins out of his hand. It's incredible. The cell he does on that is unbelievable. And yes. then um, Cody comes into the ring and this is really cool. So Cody comes into the ring and he sort of like points to, to Arn. He's like, do you mind if I just check on him? Because you just kicked him in, square in the face. Yeah. And then Black's like, all right, no problem at all. And like sort of sticks his hand out to Cody to like sort of say, you know, off you go. And as soon as Cody moves forward, he gets fucking black masses the fuck out of Cody as well. <laughs> like, fucking hell. 35 days after they was released. So, again... Um, Holy ap- shit. Apparently what's happened here is... So, he was released by WWE. Allegedly, what's being reported now is when he was moved up from NXT to the main roster, his contract wasn't updated. And so, his 30-day NXT no-compete clause was never changed to a 90-day no-compete clause. So he was free to wrestle elsewhere for 30 days. That, that is mad. Is there not people that get paid to look at that sort of stuff? <laughs> I don't like, know. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not here to throw shade at other companies. I'm just beyond... Alistair it's... Black Alistair Black was my favourite thing in WWE for his entire time. There, in NXT anyway. And I love AEW. And now Malachi Black is in AEW. I am... This is like this is my birthday present. Like it's... I don't need my birthday this year because I've got Malachi Black in AEW. It seems to happen all the time, like something stupid in contracts goes weird or fucks up. Is there not people like people that do that? Sort Aaron, of shit? Aaron, mate, I don't care. All I'm thinking about like, now is all I'm thinking about now is Malachi Black can wrestle John Moxley. Yes, Malachi Black can wrestle Darby Allen. He can wrestle Lance Archer. He can wrestle the Butcher and the Blade, and he can wrestle. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page and Brian Cage. Are you still selling the eye as well? From... Yeah. yeah, so we had the like the spooky contact lens in. Um because on um so the, the obviously in the in the Instagram video the, the doctor was asking him like how his eye was and um he was and so this is interesting. He was saying um he was saying Matthew threw him down the stairs and that's why he was injured. Yeah. Uh, Matthew yeah. is Matthew is Buddy Murphy's real name. Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting, and he and he tweeted at him after this as well. Um, so, I mean, I, I would love it if Buddy Murphy did join him in some capacity. That would be brilliant. I mean, I don't see why not. Obviously, he's got to wait a bit longer, but yeah, why not continue that storyline at a different company? Creator. So, and so the way they sort of saw this in commentary is that he is basically Tommy End, but he is convinced by some sort of force that he is also Malachi Black. Yeah, the Tommy Enders. It's like the Matt Hardy thing. Like Tommy Enders is the is the person, but like the persona is Malachi Black. I mean, no, that's a, and this is really interesting. Obviously, he, it sounds like he's been given a lot of creative freedom here to do the sort of character work that he wants to do. And he obviously he's a, he's got a really good eye for this, and he's got a really good mind for this. So it's gonna be fascinating to see what he can come up with in AW. And really, I, honestly, this is this has made my like. And, and I mean, I've had a pretty decent day today. Like Frank Turner gets played at my brewery, but this is still the most cool thing that's happened in the last twenty four hours for me. I. Legit, I got goosebumps watching yeah. this. Like, I, I made I made I made obscene noises I... and then like Sarah looked at me weird and I was like I just pointed at the screen that I was watching on and said Alistair Black's just turned up in AW and yeah. There's I, I knew something was happening in AEW because the missus was like, Right, I'm still working, but I'm gonna sporadically come down the stairs to see where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, right, okay, so something's happening then. I don't know what, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got shown the Instagram video, so that was fun. Yeah, we had a we had a we had a real good time. Um, yeah, so there we go. Um, the, the world is it's just oh, I just can't I, I can't even concentrate. Like I can't I can't wait to see what the next six months, six twelve months hold for for AW with 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 Tommy and Malachi Black. The thing is, it's another name. WWE are going to kick themselves that AEW is going to turn them into. Megastar. Yeah. It's going to be another kick in the teeth. It's going to be another John Moxley. It's going to be another, you know, one of those. Um, I couldn't stress what to think of somebody else then. Uh, Andrade. Andrade, very, maybe. Very yeah, but we're, we're at the start Miro. of his. Miro. Miro. Yeah, Miro's hitting, hitting stride now. Uh, uh, obviously. So, so speaking, of, speaking of people who are, who are absolutely slaying, um, we'll talk about a little bit of Ricky Starks. 
Yes. So, Aye, okay. so just we had before the show. We had it before uh, the show as, as like the fans were sort of filtering in. They, they they filmed it. Ricky Starks commented the ring. Uh, he was he was flanked by like loads of security because he said he wasn't medically cleared yet, and he didn't want Cage to come out and put his hands on him. Uh, Taz was there uh, with Hook and Hobbs, and Taz was saying about how like he didn't improve this, and he just wants to sort of knock it off because it's embarrassing team Taz. Um, and then Starks, Starks just goes off on, on his program and says that Brian Cage embarrassing. He doesn't know what the word teammate means. Uh, and then this was this was just absolutely savage. So he says after he wins the FTW title next week, he's going to party. And he said, and where he comes from, the W stands for wife. Oh, oh fuck their wife. Let's go. <laughs> so if you don't know, Brian Cage is married to is it what's her name? Is it Melissa Santos? She is the ring announcer for Lucha Underground. Oh, right. Aye, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so basically, and, and if, you, if you don't know what FTW stands for, it stands for Fuck the World. Fuck the Wife. Exactly. Um, <laughs> two, I'm, sure, I'm sure you can put two and two together there, work out what Ricky Starks was talking about, uh, how he's going to, how specifically he's going to party when he wins the title. Uh, <laughs> and then, so at this, Brian Cage, obviously, um, outraged, ran into the ring and beat up the security guards, and Ricky Starks did a runner. Any time the word wife is mentioned, it just kicks off every baby face in the world. Yeah. It's... A, lot, a, lot, a lot of chivalry kicking around in pro wrestling. You know, who knew? Who knew? Uh, speaking of chivalry and, and the lack thereof, um, it's time for mixed tag action. Yeah, I. But Bunny and Blade is it mixed chivalry? Blade and Bunny. Is, that, but, is yeah. that what you're going for? <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about like women on men, men on women violence. Ah, okay, that, that that's fine, okay. Because they, they didn't do a lot of it, obviously. They kept it very network-friendly. Because obviously TV networks don't like to show men beating the shit out of women on network television. There's specific rules to obey by in this match. Yeah, and they, they sort of bent them just enough, I think, to make it worthwhile having it as a mixed tag match. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so this was this was the Blade the Bunny versus Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. Umi, the Where Is My Mind entrance to a full arena. That's a thing. Good. That's a that's a real yeah. thing. I I want more of that, please. I like that. Um, yeah. So it's a decent match again. Uh, see a couple of things I really like from this. Um, Statlander looked really good. Um, well, well, Statlander looked really good, and oh boy, did Jer want to tell you? As he goes, I'm amazed how Statlander reshaped her body and changed her nutrition while injured. He's got a real thing for that, like. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, that's not the first time he's talked about that. Like, and it's not on the match. I do. I love the fact that they call her Top Rope Four Fifty Area Four Fifty One. Yeah, it's very good as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm big into that. It looked really nice as well. Like, real good whip on that. Um, yeah, the the blade puts Brass. <laughs> so the, the the finish match is kind of weird. So there's a bit of like fuckery on the outside. Um, Statlander and Bunny are in are in the ring, and then they both spill the outside, and then Blade and Orange are in the ring, and. Uh, Blade's just, uh, Bunny's distracting the referee, and Blade just kills Orange with brass knucks. Like, the abs- yeah, absolutely well. He's in, yeah. like, like right between the eyes, and Cassidy's just KO'd. I, I didn't see Thingy get the tag though. Uh, Statlander. No, so the, 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 the Blade, the Blade. They, they were already they were legal when they spilled the outside. Right, right, okay. And so right, uh, Blade goes for the pin, but obviously he's not the legal man. It's the women who are legal. And they're in the sort of confusion and like the, them complaining, Statlander just shoves Bunny into Blade, knocks him out of the ring, and then hits a big bang theory on the Bunny for the win. And all, all the while, Orange Cassidy's just lying there dead in the middle of the ring. No, okay, yeah. <laughs> he's, just, right, he's, just, okay. he's just immobile, like completely. I mean, for Cassidy, that's kind of part of his character, and he just doesn't move. So. Yeah, he just gets battered all the time. It works. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and there you go. And then after the match, um, Cassidy gets helped out the ring by Statlander, and they are the cutest non-couple in AEW. Yes. I I don't know how it seems to be our dream team, but it is. I'm yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah, so very nice. Please. Yeah, decent match again. Not, nothing special, but kind of, kind of all right. Not bad. Nothing wrong with it. Decent. Decent for an alley match, anyway. Or bunny match, sorry. Yeah. And the blade. The blade's good. The blade's good value. I like the blade. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had a little quick one. Um, a show, uh, Jungle Boy posing with a trophy presented by, by AW officials for being the first AW wrestler to earn 50 wins. What a load of shite. <laughs> yeah, you know, they made a deal of it last week, didn't they? It's nice to sort of yeah. follow it up. It didn't even say 50 wins on the trophy. It just said 50 <laughs> matches. Well, 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 world's best dad. 
Uh, once I thought something a bit weird, then this next segment was kind of odd. I mean, it was more, I, it was weird, I'll give you it, but fair play. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of entertaining. So we had um, we had Tony Schiavone was in the crowd to interview, is it George Masvidal? Masvidal? Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal. Uh, I know Nuna, she's one of the women who beat Ronda Rousey, isn't she? Yes, she's the second one that demolished her. It was Holly Holm beforehand. Yeah. She just didn't probably like the first round or something stupid. Yeah, like just completely wiped out of the first round. And Dan Lambeth? Uh, who owns America Top Team. He was yeah. in Impact, wasn't he, with Bobby Lashley? Yes. Bobby Lashley's in America Top Team. When he- yes. Aye. So he he's a big wrestling fan. He's been in wrestling before. He kind of wasn't he like against Bobby Lashley in Impact as like a sort of rival. Yeah, like a, he was like a heel, wasn't he? And he, he was doing something. I, I, well, from this segment, I'd go for that. Yeah, it was around the time that I wasn't really watching Impact all, all that much. Um, it was like when Lashley came back the second time, and it was yeah, it was that kind of like weird in between period where it was like on its on its on the. It was when it get moved to a new network every two weeks, and it was basically dying, and uh, no yeah. one watched it. Um, so yeah, so he cuts a huge promo. Uh, so basically, he's, he's about to get interviewed by Tony, and he basically just takes the mic off for the second time tonight. Someone just takes the mic off Tony and tells him to fuck off, and he does. Like because Don Callis <laughs> did it earlier, and then this time Dan Lambert does the same thing. Just takes the mic out of his hands and just goes into business for himself. Um, I and mean, Tony Tony was interviewing far too many people in the ring tonight. Yeah, but well, he, he, he played safe. He, he went outside the ring this time into the crowd, and it still backfired and blew up in his face. Um, so yeah, so he, he cuts this big pro. And uh, to be fair, he he he's, he was really good on the mic. He was very eloquent. Yeah, he got he, he paced his words really well. He he, he came across great. He got really good heat off the crowd. Like proper AEW sucks. This isn't wrestling. Wrestling was great back in the seventies. Yeah, and 90s. I, this felt like a bit of a dig at Corneth. Ah, uh, oh, is that what you were going for? Because he was saying about how like all this old school wrestling was better, and like ever since the two thousands, wrestling's been shit. Ever since nineteen, ever since the Attitude Era, basically was what he was sort of late nineties. He says, yeah, yeah, um, and then he said about how like you know, um, the product is unwatchable, and Tony Khan, like basically said, oh no, come to AW, and it was kind of a way to like sort of stealthily put over AW so he's like come to AW because we've got all these great luchadors and all these great Japanese wrestlers and we do all this strong style and we he was saying everything right and, buy and, 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 he, and he was kind of basically advertising that that's what AW did as he was yes. putting it down at the same time which was kind of kind of clever um, and then he gets a big eight and then he said like and they got these fans and they chant AW and then obviously the fans start chanting AW um, so obviously it's a, it's a nice little easy pop there and then he said, after 90 minutes, he said he, he realised it was all shit and AEW was terrible. And then just randomly Lance Archer comes out and just fucking wrecks him. Kills him and stares at the fucking hard cam. Like, fair play to, to, to Lambert for taking a blackout. Yeah, uh, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Lance Archer comes out and kills him and just stands there and like, yeah. I, I thought there might be, because he was talking about like the golden era of like all these old school wrestlers, I thought he might have gotten into it with Jake a bit, but no, there was no time for that. Lance Archer was just there to do murder. Yeah. Jake just gets Archer to do his work for him. Yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah, decent-ish promo. Got, it got all the heat it needed to, I think, and it got the fans. And it, it, it put AW over whilst he was also running it down, which was, which was kind of clever. Yeah. Uh, hype up next week's event. Uh, we got Darby Beath and Coffin Match, Hardy B. Christian, Brian Cage v. Starks, the FTW title. Penelope Ford versus Yuka Sakazaki. She's back. She's on um, Elevation this week, I think. Um, Moxie V. Carl Anderson for the IWGP US title and Hangman Page will address his title aspirations. For the first time? Yeah, the first time he's spoken about it because he didn't he even get on the mic today, did he? Um, so that's good. Um, and then we have our main event. So this is the street fight for the AEW tag team titles. We have Eddie Kingston out in a Terry Funk shirt, which is great. As we all know, we learned this week that Terry Funk is currently in, not in rough shape. He apparently just found himself in good shape, uh, but he's he's basically living with dementia and he's in an assisted living facility. Uh, we, we all obviously wish him the very best. Terry Funk, an absolute legend of the of the sport. Which uh, is fair if you see some of the matches. He's oh, God, yeah. But no, apparently, apparently he's as good as can be. Um, and, and, you know, just sort of, Living, living his best life, basically. Um, 
Okay, but yeah, so let's see Eddie Kingston. Obviously, Eddie Kingston's a, a student of the game. He's a you know he, he's always he's a wrestling historian. Does he come up with the, he come up with the really cool like the Terry Funk Funky U T-shirt, which was you yeah. know I love that T-shirt. Um, Penton's in his Joker gear. It's great. Alex Abrahantis is out there just living his best life. Absolutely. Being the third Lucha Bro, basically. Yeah. He's like Phoenix is injured. No problem. I'll do it. It's fine. I'll <laughs> um, France of it. It's cool. Um. Yeah. And then. We have uh, the Young Bucks. Jesus Christ. Jesus like, fucking Christ. Dirtbag backyard indie wrestlers. <laughs> they come out like, they've got the jorts, they've got the fucking hankies tied around like the belt loops and everything. And it's like, oh, it's. Not even like proper jorts. Like, literally, they've got tight as fuck jeans and just cut them. <laughs> yeah. With scissors. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, they looked they looked like extra skis. You look like the type of guy who's like homemade meth and like a fucking diaper. Uh, the thing is, that's the look they went for, isn't it? Just yeah, because they're in a street fight. Right. They, they, yeah, like you said, they were they were literally dressed like backyard wrestlers. Yeah, it's well done. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don Callis was putting them over, saying that they were real roughnecks wearing denim tonight. That's that's just how they showed up, isn't it? <laughs> 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 um so yeah um again and this match was was fucking nuts like when within the first five minutes when you get a canadian destroyer off the apron through a table yeah uh like a couple of things the destroyer was ridiculous uh basically nakazawa got naka naka knocked out that was lovely. <laughs> i love i really enjoyed that <laughs> well done at scalabar uh, a WhatsApp drop kick is what I'm going to call it. Into a chair. Into a chair. <laughs> Into Nick Jackson's tent. Oh, well done. That was, the, as you say, the first five That's minutes. That's what uh, Excalibur <laughs> called an involuntary vasectomy, to which JR described as those are the worst kind. Those are the worst kind. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what else did we have? Uh, uh, there was another like really cool um, Brandon Cutler comedy spot. So he goes up with the with the, with the chill spray, and he's gonna spray um, Penta, but then like Penta like pulls Matt in the way, and he stops, and he's learnt from last week, and he doesn't spray him. So then Matt ducks, and he sprays Penta, and then out of nowhere, Kazarian appears, and like obviously he's standing on the apron, and he sort of like picks him up for a power bomb, and Cutler like sort of just starts screaming, and like he's still spraying. The- yeah, just holding the spray. <laughs> and he's still spraying them as he gets powerbombed. And that's a, he took a gnarly powerbomb through a table. Yeah, he, he, as you say, he's still holding the spray, so he can't hold his head or that. He's just... Yeah, <laughs> it's he, a thing now. Just like, to... Bran, Brandon Cutler's like, comedy, like, goober work is absolutely top-notch. It really is. Cutler, two contracts, mate. Yeah, um... Loads and loads of mad stuff. So uh, Kingston sort of hulks up in the ring, puts a rear naked choke on Matt. So this is really cool. So he puts a rear naked choke on Matt, and he's got Matt sort of like locked in, and like Matt's like fading. And Nick's on the top turn of the hut, and he's looking to try and break it up, but Kingston's got like Matt on top of him, so he can't yeah. dive on Kingston. So he dives on the Ray four fifties, the ref. Yeah, he, he he looks at both of them and goes, ah, right, okay, ah, fuck, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he can't he can't break up the, the hole by by diving onto Matt because it'll hurt Matt. So instead, he just and and it's Rick Knox, well, their referee, like the the boxers referee. He dives yeah. onto Rick Knox and kills Rick Knox. After this, Matt starts tapping out. He obviously then he breaks the hold up. He sort of rakes Kingston in the face. Uh, I, I love that, I love that one. See, um, when he when he when he like, rakes Kingston's face, Don Callis shouts, "That life on the street." <laughs> Early, I didn't even get that. Earlier on, he, refer, he refers to Nick Jackson as growing up on the mean streets of Rancho. Yeah, Rancho Cucamonga. Right. <laughs> uh, so out, and then so Kazarian sort of pays for his part in the match. So he gets a, he gets a magic killer off the Good Brothers on the outside. So that sort of takes him out of the game. And then, oof, the finish. So, was it the Good Brothers came in with the thumbtacks earlier on, like a bag? And they, they didn't get used, it sort of just got discarded. And then later on, Kingston picks it up and he pours it out on his thumbtacks. He's sort of like prepping them up, and then Matt just gets a handful of them and just launches them in Kingston's face. Yeah, and then I, I can't remember how it happens, but. And Penta, some... Penta hits Matt. So, Penta's, Matt's going to powerbomb. Yeah, Kingston onto the thumbtacks. Then Penta hits Matt with a bin, and then they end up in the corner. 
and Pence is going for like a something to like top rope move onto the thumbtacks. Um, Nick hits a Hurricane Rana, top rope Hurricane Rana off to send Penta into the tax. Then they go for the pin. Kingston does that spot where they push, like match set up for like the, the interference, and Kingston just like powers over and like yeah. knocks them into each other to break the pin up. Um, then they superkick Kingston, the books this is. They throw thumbtacks in Penta's face as he's on the apron. So that takes Penta out. And then they put a handful of thumbtacks in Kingston's mouth and then double super kick him. And to be fair to Kingston, he sells just like a bastard. He like spits yeah. the entire mouthful of thumbtacks out when they kick him. Everywhere. <laughs> it looks incredible. They literally go all over the place. It looks amazing. Um, so they give him the double super kick and then that's it. They pin him for the win. So the, the book's... Uh, I, I've seen enough like street fights and you. I mean, you have miss dirty shit, like proper horseshit matches, um, and I, it was all a bit clunky, was it not? At the end, it seemed like the ran. It was it was all cool. The rano was a bit. Uh, the landing was a bit dodgy. Uh, the. Eddie Kingston with his just finishing on a super kick as well seemed a bit. I get yeah, it. Yeah, thumb thumbtacks in his mouth, mate. You know, uh, he's got teeth to protect them. He spat them. <laughs> they come out. They come out whenever. They just even come out of his mouth. He spat them and they went. They went uh, all over the place. It's it's still two super kicks though. Just. <laughs> I I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it just that. After all that we had in that match, and that's how we finished that. I mean, I, I know what you mean. Like when a, when a Canadian destroyer threw a table off the apron is is a traditional move. Like and a super kick is what wins the match. Exactly. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't quite ramp all the way. It sort of. It was more like a sine wave. It sort of went like up and down. Yeah, and it just went down at the bottom. That was all. But again, it, it was a good match. Just it seemed a bit clunky and rushed at the end. That was all. I mean, I, I imagine one thing. I imagine it was incredible live. I imagine it really, like the crowd seemed really into it. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think considering you know all these men probably have to wrestle again like in a few days' time. I think they did probably the best they could given the circumstances. Yeah, it's it's just weekly TV, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's the end of the show. Um. A lot of a, a very event, like you say, a very eventful episode of Dynamite, whereas, but at the same time, nothing really happened all that much. Um, uh, no, I, that's not necessarily I, a bad thing. Andrade got a bit overshadowed by a certain uh, Mr. Tommy, and, but yeah. Uh, so, wait, speaking of oops, speaking of your feelings, Aaron, give me your highs and lows, please, sir. Or your high and low. I, I think my low is going to be Andrade and Seidel. Oh. <laughs> Once the match started, it was all right, but Andrade just wasn't doing it for me, especially in his debut. He should be full throttle. Go. I, I get they've got to make Seidel look semi strong as well, but it just looked a bit naff. Uh, my high, I think it has to be, doesn't it? Mr. Tommy End or Malachi Black or whatever you want to call him by. I think yeah, it oh, yeah. has to be because it was so out of thin air. Basically. It was it was a it was a genuine shock. Like a yeah. genuine huge moment. You don't get that. In, in these days with like social media and like the internet and like t- everyone's got cameras and everyone's got phones. You don't get these very often, do you? And all right, there was an inkling that something was happening. I think FIFA had an idea that like something was gonna happen there was going to be a possible debut. But no one had a name and no one had it confirmed. See, how do you keep stuff like that so quiet? <laughs> well, apparently, like, AEW, like, talent said that they they suspected that um, Tommy End would be backstage, but no one had it confirmed. There were no definite sources. No one knew. So, yeah, it's crazy. Okay. Um, all right, so uh, I will... Oh, Jesus. Um, for my low, I will take... I don't know. Again, this is one, nothing really. Nothing really stood out as like making me upset about the show. Uh, it was all. It was all. It all felt really good in the moment as I was watching it. Um, I didn't even mind the Cody match. Um, I'm gonna have the JR interview because it was a bit weird. 
Yeah, that's fair. Just had a bit of a weird energy. Um, and obviously, yeah. for my high, I'm going to have the, the greatest wrestler of all time, Tommy End, making his AW debut. I'm all right. I'm literally about to go and buy the T-shirt. Um, it's already been released. <laughs> so that's how much... It, it literally... It got released as he showed up, basically. Yeah. That's how much of a mark I am for Tommy End. I'm about to go and buy that fucking T-shirt. So, yeah, that made me a happy guy. Uh, You're going to have to pay the postage, too. Uh, no, it's on the um, Euro shop now. We've got the well, shop on there. Well, I forget we've got a Euro shop now. I should really have a look at it. <laughs> Sweet. Right. Well, that'll do us for Road Rager. It's in the books. We move on next week to Fighter Fest as we enter into the stacked July that AEW has provided for us. We have Fighter Fest nights one and two. And then we conclude with Fight for the Fallen at the end of the month. So we have a, a stacked July. There's some huge matches going on, big shows. Uh, Tony Khan has said that will be there could be more surprises throughout the month of July. So, oh. yeah, who knows what could happen. Uh, we, I mean, if you want to know what, what happened, keep it tuned to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. We will be here to belatedly, admittedly, tell you about everything that happens in AW after it happens. Um, as always, thank you very much for joining us and listening. I uh, hope you had a lovely time watching your AW Dynamite. As always, stay safe, enjoy wrestling, and we will see you all very soon. Bye. How many WWE fans does it take to put up a light bulb? None. They don't need one. They're all in bed by seven o'clock. Oh, Sweet. And now a word from our sponsors. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Do you like wrestling? You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Check out topropebrewing.com, our very own Big Tasties brewery. They do a great deal of wrestling-themed beers, including Cold Stone Cream Austin Ice Cream Pale Ale and Papa Mango Mango Pale Ale also. They also do an array of T-shirts, masks, cans, and mini kegs. Check out topropebrewing.com, or if you live in the Liverpool area, go to the Brew Tap in Bootle. And thatchface.com, where if you've got a minging beard, you can get beard balms, oils, and grooming kits. They also do apparel. If you put whatever you want in your basket, and then go, Aaron, where do you get your discount? You go into the promo code at the bottom, type in UWP20 for 20% off. And proceeds of your purchase do go to test out your cancer charities. <laughs>